second take of this edition of the Chesco Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt, from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz, the person responsible for making the second take. Now, this is the podcast where we talk about bicycling just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from all over the nation. So come for the bike, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is I see 70s on the horizon, Mark. You know, we've been suffering through bad winters. You've heard us talk about bad winters and kind of a wet, soggy spring, cold, chilly, windy. I see 70 coming up. I'm getting excited about 70. I don't know about you, but I get excited when I see the word 70 on the <laughs> forecast. I'm uh, I'm just uh, looking ahead at uh, what I need to do for training in the next two months, and I got a lot of work to do. So that's all right. Uh, we'll get there. Yep, we'll get there. yep. Uh, my my training has been um, a little slow this year. I have to admit, um, probably a little better than Garner. You know, the Garner method is, <laughs> you know, you you ride Sunday to train for Monday, but um, which unfortunately a lot of people do that method, but. Uh, Gardner's got that mental toughness that he's he's able to power through it. But um, you can do that if you're biking across the yeah, country. True. I mean, there's no way to train for biking across the country, but it's just more comfortable if you got a little training miles in yeah, before you go ride, right? Yeah. Something about the saddle. Yeah, something about that saddle. You know, getting broken in and all that. Um, you really don't want to be your first your first miles out there, and then feel really bad after the third day of riding that your 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 butt's on fire so so yeah get some miles in well we've <laughs> we've got an opportunity for people to get some miles in don't we mark you know we do we got the vacoon ride coming up so this is our one of our premier events we did this is in its sixth year and uh, we're really looking forward to uh to getting this ride out there um it's 71 miles. It's a trail loop. There's no shortcuts. There's no way to, to start ahead unless you have somebody shuttle you back. Uh, this one's a loop ride, but it's all on trails, so it's a lot of fun. Very cool. So Bacon 6, it it reminds me, the other night I watched the documentary on Motley Crue. I don't know if you caught that <laughs> on Netflix. Nikki 6. Oh, man. That dude's lucky to be alive. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> If you want to waste a good hour and a half of your time to see about the foibles of of a rock and roll band and how they almost try to kill themselves and kill a few others along the way, it's it's a good watch. So uh, I can I can assure you, Motley Crue is not playing on Ragbri anytime soon. I think um, some of the conservative Iowa might have a little bit of a problem uh, with them trying to rival Ozzy and all the others and their their uh, behaviors. So, uh, but it, it was an interesting little watch and. Uh, you, if you don't know the story, you know they basically flatline a few times along the way by yeah, bad things. But that, now you know where the the lyrics from uh, "Jumpstart Your Heart" uh, come from. So uh, one of my favorite songs that Hairball does ever uh, as they open up a set with "Jumpstart Your Heart." So so I digress yeah. by cool. going off on a tangent there. Sorry, Mark. I know we were talking Bacon Six, but <laughs> but I had to throw in some crew. So okay. Yeah. We got uh, so back to Bacon Six. We've got a new bar this year that's going to be on the ride. Um, the Iowa Bus Barn is going to be located in Redfield, Iowa. Oh yeah, our friend Mike Mott, uh, who runs the Iowa Beer Bus, has now got 
a brick and mortar location. Wow. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to insult uh, insult him at all. Yeah, you can. Um, but I think he would describe this as a, as a dive bar. Um, I think it's a, it's a couple notches above a dive bar, but uh, it's a it's a pretty cool place. I went and toured the uh, the night. Um, no food yet. They're working on chef and staffing and that sort of thing. Uh, cooler full of beer. He's got fifty five beers that you can get from that wow. bar. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of Iowa craft beer. If you're looking for it, it's going to have Very it cool. there. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be a great setup. And and if you're on the Raccoon River Valley Trail for Bacon or for any other ride, uh, make sure you stop by and say uh, hi. To hopefully, he's going to have tots eventually. What's a bar? What's uh, a bar without tots? You know. Yeah, you need yeah, tater, tater tots. tots are good. Yeah, you know, and they don't even mess your yeah. fingers up too bad. You know, it's not like you know, it's just a good fun food. <laughs> It goes along good if you're having a cold one. So, exactly. Yeah, maybe a little seasoning on them. So it's all good. I'm sure he'll come up with a nice. So menu. I also, I also think the beer bus on Bakun is going to be up in Linden. So he's going to be double duty that day. Very cool. Uh, Linden and Redfield. So yeah. That's so that's a, a strong backside. You know, the back nine. I mean, if you're if you're uh-huh. you make the turn where you know. Uh, I, I know you've been getting calls about, you know, is the bridge going to affect us? It, it really doesn't. The only time it might affect yeah. you if you miss the turn at Herndon and went north to Jefferson, at least it's going to stop you from going all the way to Jefferson by making you, you know, turn around and come back. But <laughs> but uh, that little back back stretch when you hit, you know, you go Yale and, and Redfield and all the all those fun little towns in there. Uh, I think Panora's in there. All those towns along yeah. there. Now you just up the game from Linden and Redfield before you even get to Adel. Yeah. So lots of fun on the back nine, no no doubt. I mean, just up the game of Bacon Six. Yeah, you know, uh, and if you're if you're looking to ride this event, make sure that you register. Um, the early registration deadline's coming up by May first. Uh, you can save ten dollars by registering early. Um, also, if you register as part of the Ragbri training series, you can save, I think, 10% wow. off all the rides that you want to register. So a two-pack or a three-pack. Um, all you got to do is go to any one of the websites, and right on the registration page, you can register for that individual event or all three events. Mm. Uh, registration is a big deal, and uh, uh, there's a lot of work that comes into it. I mean, I spent a week on permits last week. Um, we got to do porta potties and all kinds of entertainment and all kinds of other things that we have to do to get this uh, this ride going, um, and uh, so that's what that pays for. But also, there's a lot of good that happens. Um, the Boy Scouts that are at every intersection, um, we write them a pretty big check every year for the, their service. Uh, the Dream Team helps out with registration, so we write them a big check for their service. There's a lot of uh, a lot of participants that are, you know, this, the registration does help with a lot of goodwill with people that uh, that help on the ride, which is great. And we can only do that if uh, people register yeah, for the event. I feel real good about that, that, that charity component. There's also an opportunity for people after they're done with registration to give a little bit. Is that correct, Mark? Yeah, there's a really cool project going on. Um, the Dallas County Sheriff is part of a group. Uh, that is uh, doing a memorial to Iowa cops. It'll be right along the trail and uh, right in Adel, uh, where the sheriff's department is. And it'll be a more memorial to fallen cops. 
uh, in the state. And uh, so that's going to be a big deal. Uh, we're working again with Team Kidney, the National Kidney Foundation, um, the Iowa Bicycle Coalition, mm-hmm. of course. We're, we're pretty partial to that group. Um, and all kinds of others that participate in this event. So uh, your donations, or even after you're done, you could ask your friends to pledge money f- to have you ride that yeah. ride. Uh, what a way to pedal for a purpose. That's, uh, that's a pretty cool Very way to cool. do it. And that's the one ride, I think, out of all our rides that we actually get to ride, Mark, which is kind of fun. Um, yeah. I, well, you get to ride some of the others, but I'm, I'm a little bit busy during Ragbri. We're both working during Pigtails. We get, you know, this is Father's Day mm-hmm. weekend, so we, we get to enjoy it a little bit, which is really cool. And I think uh, all the towns do a great job with, with the event. Um, I know, I'm personally uh, attached to that Friday night kickoff party where we do packet pickup and all that. And it's kind of a fun, fun occasion to see some people you haven't seen in a while. So uh, really looking forward to Baycoon 6. Yeah, yeah, it's easy. Uh, BaycoonRide.com is our website. You can go there, get registered, or uh, PigtailsRide.com or the Big Rove. Actually, it's BigRove.com. Big Rove, yeah. Um, yeah, so any of those websites, you can register for the other events, um, and uh, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. So we'll we're talk. pretty anxious for this ride. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, we'll talk more about those other rides, but I, I just thought a lot was happening with Baycoon coming up. So, um, yeah, time to register. Save you a few dollars, and if you're going to ride the other ones, like like Mark said, the Ragbri Training Series, you register for all of them, you save a few dollars. So, so appreciate you doing that. All right, well... What do we got on the show today? I think Murph was talking with somebody that has an online training platform. Hmm. Okay, that sounds like a, a Murphology to me. Then a little, little fun, excitement. Um, is is Murph not doing the interview at a bar this week? Is that is that correct? No, I think this happened in studio. In here studio in, in Coralville. Ah, in yeah. the IBC studios of Coralville. Very nice. Get a yeah, the world headquarters. Gotta yeah. like that. Well, good. Well, let's get to the interview. Just Go Bike podcast listeners, a.k.a. Murph here. Today, I'm with Frank Garcia, who is the CEO of CBR World Cup Cycling Esports. Hey, Frank, how are you doing? Good, and yourself? Really good, really good. So I'm sure some of the listeners are asking, what the heck is CBR World Cup and World Cup League? Well, it's a global virtual cycling tournament that feeds into what's called the CBR World Cup which is like live races and even often offers prizes. It's pretty cool. I looked it up online and there's all kinds of videos. It's so cool. And um, think about being on your trainer at home uh, while playing a video game and you become the video game. So you become your own avatar and you're riding your trainer, but it looks like you're riding with other people on the TV screen. It's amazing. And then um, this group, which Frank's going to tell us about, they kind of up the ante one more time where if you get to the point where you're actually uh, racing in these World Cups, you physically go to a location and you get on your virtu- you know, your trainer and you have a TV screen in front of you and you're racing with other people present. It was really, it was kind of one of those deals where, you know, like when I'm a kid and your dad's watching golf and you're like, how, why would you ever watch golf? Well, 
this was the same sort of thing. I'm like, why would I want to watch somebody riding their bike on their trainer? And then 45 minutes went by and I'm like, oh my God, is this guy going to win or not? So it was really, really super interesting. And hopefully I didn't take away too much from you, Frank, but um, this whole CVR World Cup League is pretty cool. So uh, I'm really glad that you're here to talk about it. Um, well, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And uh, you didn't take anything away from me. In fact, I think I want to can that response. It was a great description of what we do, uh, b- better than I than I normally um, can describe it because I'm a, I'm a little too wordy. But yeah, um, I well, think you hit the nail on the head. And to add to it, it's an amazing virtual we- world that's expanding very rapidly. So, which is another reason why you're on the podcast today. So, let's start by um, giving us some a uh, little bit about your background. I am a software entrepreneur uh, from way back. Um, like before there was something called Windows, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, back in back in the DOS days, which, you know, probably most of your listeners are what? What, what, <laughs> right. what DOS? Uh, so, so let's just say a few decades um, uh, software entrepreneur type. And I was a cyclist. Um, I, I sort of always cycled, but uh, I, I moved and I got registered for the wrong high school and there was no buses and my parents didn't want to change me out after I got started. And so I had to ride my bike um, to school every day. And it was, mm. it was a ways. And, uh, you know, from there I started racing uh, competitively. Uh, U.S., not like, you know, uh, anybody uh, fantastic or anything like that. But, you know, competitive and racing throughout the U.S. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then later on in life, um, I, I was a gamer when I was young as well. Uh, my son was a gamer uh, when he was young and he's, you know, already graduated university. So that'll tell you, uh, you know, but he was a gamer when he was young and, mm-hmm. and he got into esports, Dota. And I looked at that and I was, you know, my entrepreneurial spirit sort of um, woke up and I was like, wow, I can combine gaming and cycling and streaming, uh, you know, which is obviously, you know, growing all the time. And mm-hmm. I was like, uh, let's do that. And so that's my background. Awesome. So you, you kind of gave us a little hint on it, but um, give us a little bit of history on CVR World Cup specifically and the league and how that came to be. Well, we um, started writing, you know, virtually and uh, very early into that. And, and, and the way that that happened was, I don't know about everybody else, but um, I'm one of those guys who's usually either really fit or really not. Um, and, and so so usually how that happens is I get really fit and, you know, I might be riding an average of three hours a day mm. as an example from my, my competitive spirit and eating lots of calories. And then, you know, I'll get busy at work or whatever and I'll stop riding and I'll keep eating. Right. <laughs> so, so I can put, you know, I have uh, a lots of uh, weight swings, which probably means I'll, I'll die early or something. But anyway, that's, you know, uh, that's sort of my life. And one of the things that happened was I, I got out of shape and I was trying to get back into shape. But as a CEO doing, you know, I'm busy, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's hard to get out and ride three hours a day. So that wasn't going to happen. And uh, my coach from way back uh, said, hey, I started writing a trainer and he's like, Oh my gosh, you know, you know, try this virtual program. And so mm-hmm. I did. And, uh, very early on into virtual cycling. And then as we went, of course, because we're racer, racer types, uh, we're like, we need race. And so racing was born in virtual cycling. 
And then after we did that for a while, that entrepreneurial um, sense really, really kicked in. And we're like, hey, let's do this like for real, like $100,000 prize purses wow. as an example. Um, last year, we paid out um, over 10 grand uh, to the male and female winners um, of the CVR World Cup. And that would put the men at about 13th on the Tour de France podium. That's mm. what you get paid out. Um, for the woman, I think it was the highest prize purse paid to any woman in professional cycling um, for the entire year in any event. And that's, that's the power of esports, right? So it's exciting. It's open. That's the other thing that I think is great about esports um, because anybody can be involved, right? It's, mm-hmm. You get on your virtual pool, you know, you download the game, you get into the game, uh, the, like our league, anybody can sign up. And then off you go and you find these amazing people and stars are born because, uh, you know, people are good at this and, and they just didn't, they weren't found or they didn't have the inclination or the time or know the right people to, to sort of be found any other way. So I think that's a really exciting aspect of the esports. Mm-hmm. And so uh, let's get into a little bit more of what virtual cycling is. I mean, I kind of mentioned it before, but it's, it could be somebody in there man cave or their garage or their basement on a bicycle, but they have um, what you're calling and what I'm calling a video game in front of them, right? Yes. And so the the easiest way to think about it is uh, you get digitized. Like, (laughs) you know, I don't know how many people have seen Tron, but uh, it's kind of like that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Only you don't actually get inside the computer, but we digitize all the power information, you know, your heart rate, all that telemetry, and it shows up in game. And when you pedal in real life, you pedal in the game. Mm-hmm. And the harder you go, the hard, the faster you go in the game. So it, it really does sort of lend that flavor. Mm-hmm. And so you can get to a point where you're either, you know, biking on your own or you can be biking with friends or with total strangers who are also playing the game at the same time and do things like pass them or, you know, be challenged by them. And is that kind of how the CVR World Cup League came to be? Like you said, now, wait a minute, we're all having fun and we're you know, trying to go as fast as we can. Let's give ourselves credit a little bit more than just finishing a day on the trainer. Yes. Uh, so I, I think what happens, uh, and, and we have some innovations that I'll talk about here in a second, but but one of the things that we notice is what we, what we call um, – sort of virtual trainer fatigue, right? Which is, uh, you know, you get into a virtual environment and it's fun because it's cool and you move around and you, you know, you see the graphics and it's just cool, mm-hmm. right? It, it's technology and it's fun. But after about 500 hours of writing, um, most people um, will sort of fall back to, okay, you, you know, graphics are cool and all of that, but, you know, maybe I'd like to watch you know, a movie again, or I, I was, I, soccer was really good for me. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but if I watch soccer, I could go on my trainer. And, um, and, and so that's what we see. And so what we added, you know, what sort of came to be was, you know, events and, and then racing, of course, um, sort of extends that uh, time period probably out to about a thousand hours um, of, you know, of writing before that starts to become fatigued. And so we created some innovations and our innovations were to, uh, make it more fun to ride, uh, a lot on the trainer and get fit. 
So the first thing came is better physics, like more realistic physics. So like if you're riding outside, um, you have these same um, physics and you can crash and you have to turn. And so your mind gets very engaged, right? Mm -hmm. So in CV Arcade, there is no, you can watch a movie while doing it or not pay attention. Like you have to be, your mind has to be fully engaged. You have to be paying attention because if there's somebody next to you and you move over, just like in real life, that's, that's a bad day, right? Um, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, that's, that's a crash and, uh, and there's bumping and, you know, other sorts of stuff. So, so that, that part of the game becomes very engaging mm-hmm. um, and you become mentally focused. It's what we call flow. And in flow state, uh, so if you ask somebody who plays CV Arcade, how long did you play it? Uh, they'll usually tell you about half the amount of time that they actually did. Oh. And that's, be- that's because the mind is, you know, instead of just focusing on my legs hurt and I've got to do another interval um, or I've got to maintain, you know, this power, um, like, out- like outdoors, you're like, oh, I need to get over here. And, you know, this person, I- <laughs> it's just like outdoors this person doesn't really know how to ride in a pace line, mm-hmm. right? And they're, they're, they're a little wobbly or they yo-yo a little bit. And so you're like, Hey, why, why don't you go to the back of the line and right. you know, I'll ride here. Um, and so all of those interactions and then we have in-game audio, it really becomes much more social in that, in that regard mm-hmm. than just sort of sitting on and, you know, riding with people. Right. So um, some other platforms would call that social, mm-hmm. and there is a there is a social aspect to it, absolutely. Um, but we're upping the game there in terms of social. Other thing that we're doing is uh, we look at the broader market and say, look, everybody's not as fit. Um, and the best way for me to explain this was uh, when I first started writing with my son, he was young, and it really wasn't all that much fun to get him going, right? Because uh, I would have to go really easy and it would be really hard for him. Mm-hmm. And that's not a shared experience, right? That's kind of a bummer for both. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, by the way, in the end, um, I remember a day I was doing a climb with him and he just left me for dead. Um, and so <laughs> Which you, you knew that day would come. <laughs> yes, I did. And I, it came much sooner than I thought. And he was uh, moving away at a much faster pace than I thought. But, but let's, uh, let's not talk about that. But but the point, but either, either one of those two situations, we have this thing called physical equalization. And so what we do is we normalize your power curve and now we have a shared experience. So when I'm doing 50%, you're doing 50% and my son's doing 50%, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if my son decides to go 80%, we want to stay with him, then we both have to do 80%. Mm-hmm. And, and, now, uh, and, and now we all ride together, but it's not this discrepancy. There's no need for categories and you know, splitting everybody up by, you know, you're an A and you're a B and you're a C and you're a D, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that sort of thing. We can all join events and race together. Um, physic- the, physically, you know, what you do matters, right? You know, how much you can suffer. And and then the thing about physical is it varies from day to day. Like anybody who does this regularly knows like, hey, some days you feel good. Right. And some days you don't. Right. Um, and that accrues to the game, even though you're equalized. When you feel good, you're going good and you'll have a physical advantage even though you're equalized. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So the the physical aspect still plays, but the other thing about CV arcade is there's much more skill involved, which we were talking about earlier. So it's not all just raw power. It's how well you play the game and it's how well you execute the tactics. And so uh, we think that's a much better 
um, way to be in the game and social and talking to people and having a shared experience. And we think it makes for much better esports. Um, and then we added things like random power-ups and, uh, you know, we have things like a comeback kid, uh, which is, let's say you crash, you're doing a group ride or something like that and you crash. Well, that's no fun. So you have a power-up, you push the button and it doesn't just pull you back. You still have to expend energy, but you're able to get back in the group. So, oh, okay. uh, you know, fun things like that. You can turn those things on and off, but that gives you a sense for what CV Arcade is all about. Mm -hmm. And when you look at, we've kind of touched on this a couple times, but um, I think it's still worth asking the question as far as who can do this? Is it literally, you know, people that are on the track to become Uber athlete pro cyclists, or can it just really be, you know, me in the same room with just my girlfriends who maybe don't ride their bikes very often? Um, absolutely. It is for the broader market, mm -hmm. right? So we are not targeting the super fit uh, as I, I call them, the people who ride three hours and then, yeah. you know, have a protein shake and a salad for dinner. Right. Um, and, and uh, I was never one of those guys, even when I was really fit, I wanted to, you know, have my ravioli mm -hmm. um, after a long ride. But um, so um, we are targeting, very inclusive, right? So uh, because of physical equalization, uh, people of any gender can ride together. Um, people of different fitness can ride together. It's very, very inclusive. And then in physical equalization, we factor out um, weight. So you don't have to be some super skinny dude or, you know, super skinny um, female to mm -hmm. like be good at cycling inside of CV Arcade. Uh, we have a scratch thing where it's more like, you know, that. Uh, but we focus on physical equalization and we want everyone to be able to ride. We want, so it's, you know, wide open. Anybody can download the game and join in. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it takes us a little while. It takes us about 10 rides to equalize you. But once you're equalized, uh, you can play in these events and it's, you know, really, really fun. Um, because unlike other events where there's, you know, some people who are much stronger and even for the, like, if you look at an A category event, uh, you know, or a cat one or something in bike racing, there's some guys who are just that much better, right. In, mm -hmm. in that category, maybe they're on their way to becoming a pro or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and so these events can sort of get strung out and, you know, they can be not fun, especially if you're not one of those guys, right. right, right. If, you're, if you're one of the, if you're one of the people that's getting left behind, um, you know, then uh, that's not, not a great day. And with physical equalization, it's not that you can't get left behind, but if you're getting left behind, you know that you just weren't willing to make the 95% effort the other guy was making today. Hmm. Uh, maybe tomorrow you'll make it. Um, but most of the time, you, you, if you want to stay, you can stay. Uh, and so that's the shared experience. And, and then for group rides, it's just awesome, right? If we're all doing sort of, you know, 60% of our, uh, you know, functional threshold on a recovery day, then it's just very easy for us all to stay together and we're all doing that recovery effort, right? Mm -hmm. We're all having a recovery day. It's not like, you know, normally when you're, you're gaining fitness, you go out on those recovery days and they kill, it kills you. Like if I went out right now on a recovery ride uh, with my friends uh, who are just say a lot more fit than I am at the moment, mm -hmm. that recovery day is like as hard as I can go. Right. <laughs> um, and I'm a limp noodle when we hit the bagel shop and they're all, you know, chatting it up and, and I just want to go home and sleep. Uh, so it, it, it resolves that situation. Awesome. Well, uh, another thing that 
you know, cyclists of all abilities um, get into and geek about is data. So I'm assuming that you can get as much or as little data as you want after you do a, a training ride. We have a tremendous amount built into the game. Mm -hmm. I won't get into all the gory details that you've got power curves. Uh, we also have um, what we call as power factors. And so, you know, if you're really a geek and you know about power curves and then, uh, you know, the, the studies that have been done there and then, you know, what, you know, there's a sprinter profile and a, uh, you know, climber profile and so on and so forth. Um, all that's in the game. We're tracking all of your data all the time. It's all stored. In fact, um, one of the more fun things, just to tell you how much data we're storing, is we have this thing called physical replay. And so let's say I do an event and maybe I crashed or maybe right at the end I made a tactical mistake, you know, with 1.5 kilometers to go. I can do a physical replay. So more than just watching it, I can redo the event. And I'm in it with all the other people, and um, everything happens like it did in the event, but now I'm a separate writer. And, and so uh, we have a tremendous amount of telemetry, and we have a calendar. Uh, we take all that telemetry, and we'll display it to you in different graphs. Mm -hmm. We tell you what your drafting percentage was during a race, all through the race as an example. Uh, so way more data than you're uh, typically used to, but understanding how well you draft or you didn't, um, understanding how well you bumped somebody and that slowed you down a little bit, um, you know, just all sorts of things uh, that come into play in terms of data. Awesome. And I think, you know, at least for me specifically, as you gain more confidence and get better, you know, with your fitness or with the app or the game itself, those statistics become more exciting and interesting. And you actually probably will look back and go, oh, no, no wonder that day I felt worse than this day. Yes, absolutely. And it's, it's interesting. Uh, and I don't, you know, maybe this is too deep dive, but let me go back to physical equalization. So there's a magic number and this is going to get really geeky. So the, you know, the, the non geeks can, uh, hopefully follow, but, uh, 367 equalized watch Watts is a magic number. And that's your 20 minute, um, max power. And it, it's the same for everybody in game. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, um, my Watts, uh, right now, or I'm sure, are lower than your watts at FTP. <laughs> um, uh, but in game, for both of us, it's 367 watts. Okay. And and so uh, you don't have to take an FTP test. Like the game's monitoring you all the time. Um, and, you know, you do a race or you do an event, and, and it, it figures this information out. Now, how many watts it's taking you to achieve you know, at FTP, we can tell you, right? So it's really easy to sort of watch your fitness go up and down in terms of your raw watts. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also, when you're in game, it's, it's interesting to see, like, if I'm riding along, I, you know, everybody's doing, let's say, 367 watts. Let's say we're doing a time trial. Uh, then you can see what their effort is. And if I want to go faster than somebody, then I have to go at more watts. And so this gives us a common language from the social aspect um, to be able to talk and, and not feel self-conscious about, you know, when we're in the bagel shop and, you know, we've been equalized now and, and we had a good race, we had a shared experience. Let's say we all went pretty hard today and mm -hmm. we, you know, we did 85% of, of what we did and we start talking about it. We can talk in equalized Watts and I don't have to feel embarrassed that, you know, my power is half of your power. Oh, right sure. 
right? And so it gives us a common language. As I, as I say, we're, we're not putting people on the same page. We're putting them on the same number. Mm-hmm. And it just gives a way to sort of communicate and be social about it. And, and I can know my own personal numbers and I can look at them in the game and I can see uh, that my wattage is coming up, right? Um, as, a, as a percentage of 367, let's say at FTP. Uh, but that's for me, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, I, I, we think that's a better way of having people interact. In fact, uh, we do the same thing with heart rate. We normalize it to 200. And so um, if you're older or younger, you just have a fast, you know, you, you beat like a hummingbird. Um, but we can now we can have a shared experience when we're talking, right? So, oh, my equalized heart rate was, you know, 192 today. Okay, well, that you know, you were going hard, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and everybody can appreciate that versus sort of the okay. Well, I was for me, and this is hard for me now at my, at my age. I was going at 172 beats, um, but I know some young guys who, you know, it's 200, you know, or 198 to, to be sort of at the same um, sort of effort levels in, in terms of sustained effort levels. Mm-hmm. So we make that much more social and much more easy to talk about as well. And it lets people all be on, on the same playing level. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, and, and and it feels like it. It was was interesting because uh, we have a widget that will display your raw power and, and all of that. And we were very concerned early on um, because we, you know, we sort of have a d- big display of equalized watts. And we're like, ooh, especially the, you know, that top 10% who's really good isn't going to like this. But actually, you just sort of get used to it. And because it has this sort of comparative shared experience, people really like it. And they're like, yeah, that, you know, that works for me. And then I can go look at my data and see, mm-hmm. you know, what my raw power numbers are and, and that sort of thing. And so it, it just makes it pleasant, right? It yeah. makes it pleasant to ride in a group. And then if you want to try a race, uh, you know, because some people are intimidated by racing, uh, which, you know, which I get, especially outdoors, right? Because you crash and that mm-hmm. hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but even in the virtual world, there'll be... You know, it's like, oh, everybody starts too fast or whatever. But here, you know, physically, you're going to be close to everybody else, right? It's like, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're a little overweight at the moment, um, you know, or you just haven't been exercising that much, like the game is going to follow you along. And as you become more fit, it's going to, you know, keep you equalized to everybody else. But it makes for a fun experience. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned um, actual racing. And I wanted to briefly touch on the CVR World Cup League and which turns into the World Cup. And, um, you know, I talked a little bit about at the beginning of this podcast, how you can actually go online or watch it live or actually be standing next to the racer on their trainer. Um, but I wanted you to give us just a high level of maybe how often races are held, who participates, and what the spectators can do. Um, basically, we're in preseason currently, but there's uh, three races. Typically, there's three races a week, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Mm. Um, and anybody can join in. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the league starts, uh, should start here in about four weeks, I think. And, uh, you know, so get in and practice a little bit of your skills because it's, it's a different than some of the other platforms, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're definitely going to have to be engaged. But the... Uh, then the league starts and we just score points, you know, each week. Um, we have a couple of different formats. Uh, I won't get into all the, the different formats, but you can pick equalized, obviously, which is our big thing. Um, you can also pick a scratch uh, league where, you know, if you're in that top 10% and you want to go 
sort of, you know, high power oh, yeah. um, and lots of suffering, you can do that as well. Um, and then we have uh, Tournament Saturday, uh, which is just a lots of smaller events uh, that you have to, to sort of work through. Uh, so, you know, you have to win a small event and then you go to the next bracket and you win a small event. And so, you know, think March Madness. Oh, okay, you um, work your way. And a whole bunch of games. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then how do... And uh, those, oh, go ahead. And those little events tend to be, you know, different. One will be, you know, physically equalized and then one will be lots of power-ups and, you know, fantasy alien worlds and, you know, just a lot of fun, basically. Mm-hmm. And then how do you, uh, how do spectators fit in? Uh, well... Uh, what CVR World Cup has been able to do successfully is generate tremendous viewership. Uh, and I won't go into all the details about how that is, but it's personal connections and stories and great gameplay. Um, and so all of those things wrap up. And we, so we stream. So to give you an example, at uh, Vancouver, uh, which wasn't even our major, but it was you know after Fortnite had started. And so we're talking June timeframe in Vancouver. We had half the viewership of Fortnite on Mixer. Um, so people just like to watch it. <laughs> it's kind of funny. You, you kind of said it um, the, 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 like how a lot of other people say it, which is, you know, I came and I was like, eh, this isn't going to be fun to watch. And then 45 minutes <laughs> <Yeah>. later, you know, <laughs> you know this is interesting, right? I'm yeah. captivated. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So that's, that's the magic formula. And we expect that to grow dramatically. Well, when you, that's exactly my next question is when you look at virtual cycling, what do you see the future? So I, I, there, there's two things that we're trying to do. One, we're trying to, to grow virtual cycling dramatically. Uh, and we think that that's going to, you know, happen more and more and more. Uh, and CV Arcade has like a mountain bike theme and a road bike theme and what we call a fantasy theme where you could find yourself riding in space or on the alien world or something like that. Um, and we see it pulling, a, first of all, a lot of cyclists in, obviously, because, you know, that's probably the, the first market you would think of that we're chasing. But we're also chasing gamers. And we uh, think that this will grow dramatically, but it'll also grow cycling, right? Because if mm-hmm. you do it in a virtual world and, you, you know, you're trying it and then, um, you know, let's, let's talk about uh, a, a, something that's unique to CVRK currently, which is, like drafting and bumping and crashing is a thing. Like a pace line is a thing in CV Arcade as opposed to many of the other platforms. And and it, especially with the crashing, right, because you have to learn the skill and you have to learn that you can't just move over when you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and mostly people get that outdoors because they're afraid of falling, right? Uh, but one of the things that we that CV Arcade is good for because of the physics they're like outdoors is you can practice. And then after a while, we think people will be like, Hmm, I kind of like to try this outdoors. Oh, sure. So, uh, so we see a dramatic growth, um, on the virtual side, but we also think we'll help grow cycling, um, in the real world as well. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. How about some advice you'd give to somebody who's ready to give it a try, the virtual cycling? I'd say just, you know, hop in and, um, you know, just there's so like on CV Arcade, uh, you're going to crash. There's probably a little frustration associated with that the first few times that happens. Um, uh, 
now, not if you're not coming from another platform. Like if you're a real cyclist, you'll just, you know, that'll be easy for you to mm-hmm. sort of appreciate and understand. But just give it, you know, uh, four or five times to sort of get oriented because, you know, virtual is different. Um, and if you're not a gamer, right, which I think a lot of people who are coming to this platform won't be, then you do have to sort of um, get used to it. And so just give yourself a little bit of time to get used to it. And I'll use myself as an example. I am not a gamer. I didn't come, you know, I didn't do gaming when I was a kid. And so when I come to this sort of platform, um, you know, not only are you doing the physical, you're literally on a bicycle and you're pedaling, but there's so much to learn in the game. And that's what keeps me coming back is that, okay, now here's one other thing that I can learn and do better at. And oh, now wait a minute, now I can like actually pass somebody or give them a high five or, you know, whatever, just so many aspects to the game that you learn as you go. Um, I, I really love it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, um, you know, that's key. And you just have to give yourself enough time to orient yourself and, mm-hmm. and see the, the nuances and, you know, get used to the nuances of the game. And then that becomes, it's, uh, you know, a world onto itself that's fun to uh, sort of partake in. Yeah, yeah. Well, how about if uh, people are interested in learning more about either CVR, World Cup, the league, all those um, other aspects that you mentioned, where can they go? Uh, CVRWorldCup.com um, or CVRCade, that's CVRCADE.com. Um, either of those will work, and uh, you can get a lot more information and or sign up there. Awesome. Well, Frank, so thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was like super interesting, and um, I'm ready for a bike ride, whether it's outside or inside. I am as well. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm actually quite pumped. So thanks for having me. Sure, sure. Well, listeners, I leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of Morphology. This quote comes from Sue Fitzmorris. You must go on adventures to find out where you truly belong. Think about it. This is Andrea, and this is Paratalk. How are you today? I am fabulous because I just finished talking all day to some fifth and sixth graders from the West Des Moines Elementary School, and they were so smart and so fun and super cute. I just had the greatest time talking to them, and I'm really glad that they were able to come and talk to me today. The purpose, I don't just talk to random fifth and sixth graders. The purpose of this was that it's career day for them. And they're all looking into different careers that they might be interested in. And event planning was one of them, so I got to talk to them. Um, Besides talking to them, they also helped me brainstorm some ideas for the 2020 RAGBRAI logo. And honestly, their ideas were pretty genius. They ranged all the way from, say, a Conestoga wagon theme to a tulip theme to a goldfinch theme to a hobbit theme, which I would love to do, except I could never afford the licensing for Uh, to a hot dog theme, which I have to admit is my number one favorite, even though you probably shouldn't play favorites. But hot dogs, man, wouldn't that be a good theme? Okay, so thanks to them for all coming out, and I had such a good time. Okay, so for my parent talk today, I am going to finish answering the questions that Tom from Pennsylvania wrote in and asked. Um, I had been kind of holding on to the last two questions because... 
uh, they have to do with getting to the ride. And I thought I would wait until after week-long registration closed to answer these questions just because it's a little bit more appropriate now. Um, for most of these questions, you'll need to have a wristband number. So if you were looking for a week-long wristband and you haven't entered our lottery, it's too late. You're going to need to buy one on the second-hand market after May 1 once we release the results of the lottery. So, I mean, you can purchase one earlier, but that's on you because you're not certain that the person that you'd be buying from has received a wristband. Does that make sense? If not, I can talk about that in another pair talk. Let me know. Um, if you want to buy day passes, you could purchase them online until June 1st. So I thought I should throw that in there. Okay, question the first. On one of the podcasts, they mentioned long-term parking in the end city. How much does that typically cost in prior years? Are there transportation options before the ride from the end city to the start city that will carry you, your gear, and your bike without being boxed? Now, that was more than one question, okay? But that was all wrapped into one bullet point, so I'm counting it as one. All right, so long-term parking. Neither the Start Town Council Bluffs or the end town Keokuk has announced any official plans. This is mainly because you have to have a week-long wristband number to get either of these services. So you'll need to, so that's why they haven't announced it. Okay, sorry about that. I know I kind of lost my train of thought in the middle of that sentence, but the lights went off in the room in the Parrot Talk studios. So I'm waving my arms frantically around. It's not working. We're going to attempt to read my paper from the light of the podcast machine. So that's fun. Isn't it? Isn't roughing it fun? It's kind of like RAGRAI, actually. Okay, so essentially, they'll announce it in about a month, what their exact pricing is. So I did some research on historic parking rates. Okay, this is not a guarantee. This is not a promise. This is not an exact figure. It's a ballpark. Okay. But traditionally in the starting town, it's cost between $40 and $50 to park for the week. In the end town, for some reason, it's traditionally cost a little bit more between $50 and $70. Now, these prices occasionally include something like a box lunch or access to showers or some kind of security for your car. Um, it just really, truly varies on the town and what facilities they have and what they're willing to put into it and um, what they're able to. So we'll have to wait and see exactly on the specifics for that. I'll try to update you if I can remember to do so. Otherwise, all this information can be found on the town's websites and the websites can will eventually be able to be found on ragbrai.com under 2019 host communities. I believe TJ has started building out that page, but again, a lot of these towns don't finalize information until... May-ish. So we're a little bit early on that still. To answer the part of the question about transportation options um, to carry you, your gear, and your bike without being boxed, well, that's kind of asking a lot because usually leaving the bikes unboxed is not space efficient, if you think about it. Um, some some people will do that. Um, I'm sure that there are options. I have not I don't know for sure who does and who doesn't require you to box your bikes, but we have a whole page on our website called Bike and Lug Luggage Shipping. Uh, that one's about bike. You definitely have to box your bikes for this. Okay. Bike and Luggage Shipping from bikeflights.com or sendmybike.com. Those are all boxed services. However, if you can get your bike in a box and send it, um, they will put it back together for you. Um, there are certain costs associated with this. I cannot read them. It is too dark. Um, go to our website and look at this information, okay? Um, but they will 
either assemble it before you get there for a little extra fee or they will assemble at the expo. One of the bike shops, the Ragbri official bike shops, will assemble it for you at the expo. Um, or you can assemble it yourself if you're one of those people who likes to be hands-on. That's up to you. Um, but they will ship it. You you arrange with them to ship it to the start town. They will receive it for you and probably set it up for you depending on what you choose. At the end town, you can either you can hand it off to them pretty much in every case. Um, and then you pay more or less depending on when you want to be guaranteed to receive it. Um, and then you could also have one of the bike shops package it for you. There's a whole bunch of different options is what I'm trying to say um, for packaging your bike. So you don't always have to be the one to, even if you box your bike, you don't have to be the one to be putting it together and taking it apart. You could have the bike shop help you. You could have your local bike shop package it, ship it, and then have someone else set it up for you. So a lot of the fear of boxing your bike is dissipated. However, honestly, I will tell you from truly deep in my heart, it is not that hard to box a bike. I have done it many a time. Um, And if you need a demonstration, I'm happy to show you. It's really, if you have a pedal wrench and a regular Allen wrench, you're probably fine. Um, And there is some level of control that way. If you are totally against boxing your bike or you have a special setup that's really hard to take apart, I'm sure there are a lot of people that will take your bike for you um, without disassembling it. One of those people's would probably be a charter service. And that link is also on ragbri.com. So you could go to this charter services page. Now, these people are by no way required for any bike rider on ragbri. It's a totally optional service. And they, I would venture to guess that they all cost a little bit more or a lot a bit more depending on how many services you want. Um, but they can, again, they're going to want a wristband number to help you. So you have to wait until May 1st to contact these people. And they're, they'll they be expecting to wait until May 1st to hear from you. So you're not behind. There's no issues. But you have plenty of time to research it. You have weeks to research it at this point. So you'll be able to find the perfect combination from you, for you. Now, these charter services, they pick up from all over the Midwest, Chicago, Illinois, Omaha, Des Moines, everywhere. So basically, you pick where you want to start and end, hook up with these people, and they will uh, handle a bunch of the logistics. And if you are traveling to Ragbri by yourself or you're not associated with the club or you don't have a ride for some reason, this can be a really nice way to deal with some of the headaches of getting to and from Ragbri. Um, and I, there are a lot of different options and I really don't want to pick out one ahead of the other because a lot of it depends on where you want to start and where you want to end. Um, and they're all, if they're on our website, then they're, you know, endorsed by us. We think they're all good. So... Charter services is a great way to go. If you don't want to do a charter, you could do, um, you could try to hook up with a team, a RAGBRAI team, and those teams are in no way guaranteed by RAGBRAI. Excuse me. There are just people who are riding together and may or may not welcome you. Um, a good way to hook up with these people is to A, make friends on RAGBRAI. If you haven't been on RAGBRAI yet, B, you can go to the RAGBRAI forum and make a post. There are a surprising number of people there trying to find or offering rides. You just go to regbrai.com slash forums. There's also a link on the main page of regbrai.com. And you can try to see if you can find somebody. People are so kind and welcoming there. Um, Very generous. You are, I won't say you're guaranteed to find a club that's willing to welcome you. 
but it's pretty likely, especially if you're a friendly person who gets along with almost anyone, you'll probably be fine. If you're um, grumpy, you may have a harder time. Okay, put it that way. Um, okay, so that's that question. Um, oh, shoot. Question number two. We are also looking into flying into Omaha and using bike flights or similar service in the ending town. Do they usually... I already answered this question. Booyah. Look at me. I'm good. Okay, so two questions answered. How to ship your bike? Can you do it without boxing? Can you do it with it, with boxing? Um, can I find a group? All right, so that basically covers it. Um, in essence, go to ragbrae.com. We got it all there. We ha- we've compiled a lot of resources there over the years um, just to try to be helpful because it can be confusing to try to figure everything out. But you have a month, kind of a month-ish to kind of get your uh, rear and gear, kind of get your stuff in order. Um, if you have more questions, you're welcome to reach out to me at Parrot Talk, uh, ragbrae underscore Andrea on Twitter, at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or at Just Go Bike Podcast at gmail.com. Haven't checked the email recently, mainly because I've been answering Tom's email for like five weeks now. (laughs) But like, I'm I would love to hear your emails. I will definitely be back on the email next week because I'm out of questions. So um, bring it to me, you know, send it to me. I'm ready. I am ready to squawk at you. Um, I'm about to go out and just go bike on this fabulous weekend. I hope you are too. Hey, we've come to the end of another edition. Hopefully we get this one in one take, but we've come to the end of another edition of the Just Go Bike podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. As always, uh, this is Mark and TJ giving you kind of updates from the state of Iowa, the Midwest, and all things that we just want to talk about. So uh, you heard a little bit about Baycoon today and a couple of a neat interview from Murph, but uh, if you're not subscribing, you need to do that. And uh this podcast is brought to you by some really cool sponsors. You want to let us know yeah, who those I think are? Yeah, I was sitting. It's curious surrounding communities. If you're looking to do bike rides like Big Rove, come to Iowa City. If you're looking to ride trails, come to Iowa City. If you're looking to either spectate or participate in Jingle Cross, the World Cycle Cross Race, World Cup Cycle Cross Race, uh, I think Iowa City is one of your places to go. Um, Bikes to You, one of the best bike shops and charters out of Reg, uh, out of uh, Grinnell, Iowa. Uh, if you're looking for a charter to take you across the state on Ragbri, uh, looks look at Bikes to You and what they got to offer. Uh, I think they even do bike rentals, if I'm not mistaken, for for that big event. Yeah, sure um, do. If you're looking for some of the best women's clothing selection, stop by uh, Bikes to You. They got a heck of a selection over there. Um, or if you're looking for a great mechanic, I mean, Craig's your guy. So find him on the road or find him in the shop. It's a, it's a great outfit. And then finally, Primal Wear, custom bike jerseys, shorts, apparel. If you're looking to get your custom order in, you better do it soon. Give a call. Talk to Jake, Jenny, uh, all the people. Tim, everybody over at Primal Wear, they're ready to help you look styling for Ragbri this year. Yeah. Styling and profiling. <laughs> Gotta like that. It's better to look good, right? Right, Mark? It's, than anything else on, yeah. on on the bike? Yeah. You look marvelous. Yeah. yeah. So it's important. Safety third. So as <laughs> our friend Tim Baker always says. So 
Well, I'm going to see those guys in a couple of weeks. I, I think I mentioned I'm doing Bike New York with our friends over at Primal and look, really looking forward to that. I'll, I'll do a full-blown report when I come back on, on Bike New York and what my thoughts were on Bike New York. But uh, but I am looking forward to this weekend getting out. I've I, Unfortunately, I've got all the pass-through towns coming in for a meeting. We happen to schedule it on Oops. Saturday over at Simpson College in Indianola. Um, but we're done by about two o'clock. So plenty of daylight left. Um, you know, if you are riding out there, don't, don't forget if you're going to be out past that, that dusk, make sure you got lights, be lit up like a Christmas tree. Um, because we want you to have fun, but we want you to get home safe as well. So any words to leave our loyal listeners with Mark? Uh, bike fit. That's what we're talking about this week. Make sure that your bike fits you, especially if you, if you're looking to start riding for the first time. Um, you know, stand over your bike if you can lift it one or two inches from the ground, but no more than one or two inches. Uh, that that bike should fit you. Um, if you can't, uh, make it into a bike shop and and uh, see if you can get a professional fitting done, or buy a bike that fits. Uh, that's that's what we can leave yeah. you with this week. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.